Welcome to the Lady Landlords Podcast, where we empower women to gain financial freedom through real estate investing. I'm your host, Becky Nova, founder of Lady Landlords. If you're ready to buy, manage, and grow your real estate investing portfolio, then let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Lady Landlords Podcast. Today is one of my favorite types of episodes that we have, and this is one of our very own member stories. This is where we highlight women that are already in the Lady Landlords community and talk to them about what they're doing in their portfolio, which can hopefully help you with yours. So today we have a very special guest. We have Angela joining us. Angela is actually part of the Lady Landlords Inner Circle. We've been working together for months, and she graciously decided to take some time off of her rehab to come share her story about her properties with you. So Angela, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks, how are you? I appreciate you taking the time to come and join us and just share a little bit about what's going on. I love all the things that you've been working on and I have said to you, I think since we started working together that I've just loved your ability to go out there and find deals and hustle and ask questions and figure out where that next property is coming from. So I know that a lot of our women are going to get so much inspiration out of what you're doing. But I always like to start our call with simply asking, just if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit more about yourself with our listeners. I'm a single mom. I have two teenage boys. And I mean, that's pretty much it. I like to be in the outdoors. <laughs> I just, I developed a love of hiking and backpacking in the past five years. So... I spent a lot of my time trying to figure out where I want to go next. Right. I was going to say, I've noticed a lot more pictures too on Facebook yeah. of hikes you guys have been taking and things outside. So, yeah, I haven't done as much this year because I've been, you know, doing getting involved in the real estate, but I have a long list of places I want to go <laughs> and it keeps growing. Good. Well, hopefully real estate will help you be able to do yeah. more of those things moving forward. And you're outside Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, I'm an hour east of Pittsburgh. And then still have full-time corporate America job currently. Yeah, yeah. I'm going on 23 years working for the state. I've got 12 years until I can retire. <laughs> Not that anyone's counting. <laughs> Not that anyone's counting. But I'm glad you know that. <laughs> it sounds like probably down to the day. Um, so you have a lot going on in your life. You are a single mom. You have two teenage boys. That in itself is a complete full-time job. And you're also then still full-time working, right? And we have hobbies and all those things. And now we're taking on real estate investing. What? Was this something that you recently got into? Or was this something that you've been in real estate for a long period of time? I would say as far as getting into real estate, it's just recent. I just bought my first property in January. But I think I developed an interest in rehabbing when that would have started about 20 years ago when I was married to my boy's father. We bought a house that we completely gutted. Yeah. Had to back it up because one side of the foundation was caving in. We built that up. We added on an addition. And I enjoyed it. And from there, I wanted to do other things. When I bought this house after the divorce, I started taking on different projects. and. I just enjoyed learning. Usually it's like YouTube. I love <laughs> YouTube, how to do things I don't know how to do. And I just figure it out as I go along. But I just really enjoy the aspect of learning. 
different skills. So it sounds like before it was more of the things that you needed to do for your own home, right? right. As having that family home, we needed to fix things. Great way to, if we either are handy or have a desire to be handy, to be able to use YouTube to start to learn to do some of those basic things. What I love about it is that it tends to give us the confidence to start taking on slightly bigger projects when we can get those things down, regardless of the fact that we can start saving ourselves a little bit of money by doing some of those things ourselves. So it sounds like you really were in that place of just every homeowner that has to fix this, that, and the other, and then maybe started to take on some bigger projects. At what point did you say like, hey, I'm doing this for me in my house. Maybe I can do this for rental properties, or maybe I can do a flip. Was there like a light bulb moment that you had? I think it was that part came when I was thinking about my finances. I realized I'm like always working. If there's overtime, I pick up overtime, or I'm usually picking up a second job or doing some side gigs. And I wanted to have, you know, a multiple source of income, but not something that was going to take, obviously I don't mind working, but not something that was going to take all of my free time. And I had thought about being a landlord before mm -hmm. and my husband at the time was adamantly against it. So I didn't look too much into it until in the, the past year. And then I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. and that changed my line of thinking about like my home being an asset. I was ready to like sell my house and, and start house hacking. My kids are not having it. But so I'm like, there's got, there's got to be another way then to make, you know, a real estate, a source of income for me. So I, I started looking online and to figure out what was the best, the best route to start. All right. And that part I want to get into. But before yeah. I do, I so have to ask you this question. I'm okay. assuming your ex now knows that you own property and ended up becoming a landlord. Yeah. Does it feel really good to know that you ended up buying that property that he was so not on board with <laughs> later down the line? It, it, yeah. <laughs> it does. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there's different things I could say about it. At that time, I would do things in the house. He didn't want mm -hmm. me to do anything outside of the house because neighbors might see that and, and you know, think less of him. I, I'm twice divorced. So <laughs> the first, my first marriage is where I have my teenage boys. Mm -hmm. um, he's their father. The second one was the one who was really like, no, I don't want any parts of that. I hear all kinds of horror stories about tenants. And when he and I got divorced, it felt like everything. The first divorce, I was in a lot of debt and I worked hard to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And so that all I had left was my mortgage. And then when I was divorcing the second time, it was like he's trying to take everything from me that I worked so hard for. And I really yeah. didn't myself because it really wasn't a partnership. And, and it made me angry. And so yeah. my thought, not, you know, not that this is, this is not the best reason to make a big decision, but it was like, you're not going to break me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And like, nobody's going to get in my way. Aw, Angela, I love uh, you more actually now hearing this too. That's amazing. I am really proud of you. 
And I no. know, and thank you for sharing that with us because I know that there is at least one other woman out there that's listening to this being like, yeah, you know what? I went through that divorce or that breakup and that really sucked, but you know what? Yeah, I can, I can do this for me now. So I really yeah. appreciate you sharing that with all of us. Thanks. I, w I wasn't sure if I wanted to share that part, but I, I don't know if he knows, but I'm sure word has gotten back. It's a small town. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. The most important thing is that really you've been able to go through those different huge life-altering events and have been able to then kind of pivot and do what's really best for you and your sons in those situations. So cool. I am really proud that you decided to still bet on you instead of them. Yeah. That makes all the difference. So now got rid of the dead weight. <laughs> now we're moving forward. So now we're saying, okay, I want to do real estate. What was, what did you do? Did you call a realtor up? Did you stop by an open house? Did you join Lady Landlords? What did you do to figure out what that even meant? I have been a part of the Lady Landlords group for about a year before I went out and I bought a property. I would read the stories and I learned a lot from that. At the time, I was still going through the divorce because I think I had talked to you about the mentorship, but I knew I couldn't buy anything until it was final. Right. Uh, and then months later, after he dragged it out, it was starting to come to a close. And I'm not quite sure. It was all of a whirlwind. I was looking at Realtor or Zillow, and there was a duplex like two miles down the road across the street from where my kids go to school. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I want to go look at that. But I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to buy it. And like, I don't know if I would get a loan for it. And I think what I did was I had just entered some information in online to like, see what you can afford, that type of thing. And I got a call from the lender the next day who happens to have three properties, three rental properties. And he told me what I could do and mm -hmm. um, how to leverage the equity I have in my home. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. A friend of mine that I work with, she recommended a realtor. So I called him up. I went to look at it. He also has a ton of properties. And he said, this is, a, this is like the cleanest you're going to find. Like, you should jump on this. And, and I did. <laughs> but then, like, it was coming to a close. I was starting to close. And I think that was when I was back in touch with you. Because mm -hmm. then I was like, I don't know. See, at that point, my thought was, I didn't think it was a big risk. If I don't like, I'll try being a landlord for a year. If I don't like it, I'll sell it. Not a big deal. Right. Uh, with just everything I was doing in preparation, I was reading more posts. I, you know, I found out about, you know, following FHA, having screening, don't rent to family or friends, like everything. <laughs> I was learning as much as I could from everybody's posts and the lady landlords group. And I was just really enjoying it, just getting like everything together and kind of like being my own boss. And mm -hmm. I was like, I, I want another one, but I don't know how to do it. And then that's when I got in touch with you. So it sounds like at that space, you were, you had already now had some success, right? You'd already bought that first property. We were able to check that box off. But mm -hmm. what did it feel like when you were sitting there kind of like, now reading the post, seeing other people were buying properties, other people kind of cracked that code, kind of it like it sorted it out. And you're sitting there being like, I'm a smart, capable woman. I already bought a property, but now I can't, I can't figure out number two. 
Well, I, my line of thought was, like I said, like after my first divorce, there was a lot of debt that I was cleaning up and I'm like, I'm 45. I know it's not that old. I'm still young, but I also feel like I don't have all of the time to make all of the mistakes again. I've made right. enough mistakes. I wanted to learn from somebody. So that just seemed like it was a smarter way to do it than to figure it all out on my, on my own, because I've already got enough on my plate with being a single mom, with working a full-time job and now figuring out this new rental. Like I didn't want to waste my time spending my wheels. I knew it would be smarter for me to ask for help. And I'm happy you said that. And I appreciate that you shared your age because it's okay to start buying properties at whatever age you're at. Right. We have women in Lady Landlords that are 55, 60, 70 years old that are still like, hey, today is still better than tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate that you still thought about the idea of regardless of if you were 25 or 45, still yeah. to say, hey, my best chance for success moving forward is to talk to somebody that's been there, done that, that can just make this a little bit easier for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we first spoke. I don't know if you remember that a couple of months ago. What made you say like that the Lady Landlords mentorship was the right option for you? Well, I had heard your story. So I and you're I mean, you're basically doing kind of what I want. I mean, I don't know that I will ever want to be, you know, in another country. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> But I do like the idea of having the multifamilies. You have the multifamilies and the right. long term rental. I had looked at somebody else. There's so many different ways to invest in real estate and they wanted to teach it all. It was overwhelming. And it also didn't seem like there was going to be like any like personal one-on-one. -on -one. Right. And then when I talk to you, you do the long, you're doing what it is that I want to do. And I have the, you know, the one-on-one -on -one access to you. So I knew that would be, that was going to be a better fit for me. Thank you. But to all of our listeners out there, one of the things that's most important, regardless if it's lady landlords or wherever you go to look for support, find somebody that's doing the things that you want, that has achieved the things that you're looking to get like in your life, right? I see a lot of other programs out there that talk about, well, we're all going to go do this and we're all going to go do that. And listen, there's absolutely education there. There's absolutely the value there, but we're all looking for different things. Are there themes throughout that? Yes. But we're all looking for a little bit of something different because we're all just different women. And we really need to be able to find people that are similar to what we've done before. Because what I think is great about real estate investing is that we often don't have to recreate the wheel, right? A lot of these processes right. are already out there. So it's just really plugging in with the right team, the right set of people that are doing that and saying, how do we move forward from that? So you now had that one property. You came in, we started working together, and now we went out after number two, what types of activities did you feel like you had to do that were maybe different now for property number two compared to property number one? Well, I know the biggest thing for me, you gave me an exercise that I did not want to do. <laughs> and it was setting my goal. And I'm like, I, I have that. no idea. I just, I want to make some money. I don't know how much. I don't know what I want to do with it. I just, I want to own some properties. 
But as I, I think I had told you, usually I just decide, hey, I want to do something. I go and I do it. And that was like that. Right. But trying to figure out what the goal was and what I wanted from it, that was tough for me. And I joined a local investors group, which, by the way, I found through a fellow lady landlord. And Amazing. just hearing some of those people and looking on Facebook and what other people were posting as to what their goals were, it kind of helped me to figure out what mine were because I could say either, yeah, I like that, or I was like, that's not for me. And it helped me narrow it down. And that really, I feel like that really did give me some direction with what it is I want to do and what my goal is so I can stay focused. Right. And I think for you, what I love is that that exercise provided so much more clarity. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember your onboarding call. And we went through that and you told me how much you hated the goals and that you, that was something that you did not enjoy at all. And I was like, great, this, this woman's going to like hate me already. She's already <laughs> not happy with like, you know, day one, like exercise here. But when we were talking through that, as I was kind of like pulling up your form, you kind of said like, well, I was thinking about doing this or I was going to do this or maybe we could do this. And then I was thinking about yeah. this and I was like, whoa, this is where we want to use those goals that you set. And that's going to help us determine which of those 19 different ideas that you had was going to help us pick one. And what I loved is when we had that conversation, you really stuck to it. Mm -hmm. We really kind of got down to what I saw as really two different ways that we could have gone. One was if you found the right property that would have worked for a house hack that would have been in the right district for your sons, but that was still an option that could that we could work with. But you were still looking for something that you would be able to do some work on. Or then option two was really to find a property that would be a, a solely an investment property because it didn't work with the boys' school, but another property that you would still be doing then some rehab. So- right. What I liked is that we were actually able to kind of cut through all that white noise and say, listen, are these ideas that could work? Yes. But what's really the right path for Angela? Really one of kind of those two ways to go. And then I felt like you were able to find opportunities and properties and deals much easier because you had the right direction to be looking. Did it right. fit in bucket number one, that was the house hack, or bucket number two, which was the renovation? And then I felt like, after that first call, I felt like it was literally like week two and three that like every day I would like show up, open my email and be like, here's Angela's deal of the day. And I was like, I love this because you kept finding opportunities. And I know there's somebody else listening saying, Becky, please ask her, please ask her this. So I have to ask you this. But can you share a little bit about where you were finding some of these deals? How did you come up with the properties that we were then evaluating? Probably most of them, probably most of them were just like on Zillow or Realtor. There were a few that I had looked at that had been posted in a, I think it was like in a local investors group by a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple I looked at that way. And then there was one I had considered was even just the house right next door. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. I knew was going into foreclosure, so. <laughs> right. So let's kind of break those down a little bit. So let's start, I guess, kind of let's go in the order of how things happened here. Okay. So now all of a sudden you had that opportunity with a wholesaler, right? Property kind of came up. And just for those out there that are listening, if you've not had experience with wholesalers before, wholesalers tend to be a little bit of a middleman, right? 
Wholesalers are those that can go out and find distressed properties and get a property under contract from a seller. And then they are really the middleman that then sells that over to a buyer. And they really kind of collect a buyer's fee in the middle. We actually have a whole episode all about wholesaling on the Lady Landlords podcast and on our YouTube channel. So feel free to go back and listen to that episode. I'll add it down in the show notes to learn more about wholesaling there. But Angela, this was then your first time working with a wholesaler. What was that experience like? Because I wasn't now a realtor, but somebody different. It, yeah, it was interesting. I remember at one point wondering if I was getting scammed. <laughs> but I, I remember. I knew wholesaling was a thing. So he had posted a property, which was like six miles from my house. And it's a single family home. And he was telling me what the ARV would be, how much work he thought would be needed. Actually, this wholesaler, I've spoken to about two different properties. The first, mm -hmm. the very first one, I didn't even bother to look at. He had sent me so many pictures and videos that I was like, no, I, I'm, it needs more than what you're saying it needs. Uh, I didn't bother. The second one, he sent me the photos. I was interested and I went to go look at the property. But he told me he wasn't going to be there. He mm -hmm. didn't want the whole right failing thing. Correct. And I just had to say something about how I was just, I, I don't know, like working right. with him, something to that effect, something really generic. And so I did that. It, it was fine. I agreed upon a price and I gave, I had to have my AMD and by like, Oh, I felt like it was like a couple hours like yeah. away. It was like, okay, we're recording now. It's 1 p.m. Right. And it was like, great, your money has to be here by four. Or like, that's it, we're moving on. And it was like, okay, let me get get back to the bank. Like, okay. Right. It was a very fast turnaround. It was, it was very fast. I feel like I got the email telling me that I had to wire the funds to this attorney who's in Ohio and the wholesaler is in New Jersey. And I'm in right. Pennsylvania. <laughs> right. And the property's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Right. And and I had to wire this money by like 2 p.m. or it was, you know, right. off the table. I'm like, what? <laughs> I remember you being like, I remember we had talked about this whole thing a couple of times to make sure like everything was like legit. And then I remember getting the email being like, so I have like nine minutes. Does yeah. this sound right? <laughs> exactly. So... And then I like, I even looked up the attorney online to make sure he was legit because it, it just seemed, you know, those are parts of a scam urgency and everything. So, right. You're going to uh, lose it. That limited. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and it's my first time doing it. I'm like, is this the way it's supposed to go? <laughs> Correct. Correct. And it is, it is interesting kind of like then seeing that and going through that for the first time, because that. That was the way that that worked, right? So the wholesaler, yeah. once again, should have done a better job explaining and educating the seller on how that wholesaling process worked, which would have made it less awkward for you and then less red flags earlier on when you were right. like, well, is this really legit, right? So that would have made a difference kind of up front. And then also the second piece was that the wholesaler should have walked you through a little bit better of the timeline of his expectations because we were thinking more like, end of the week, not 
like I said, nine minutes later. But so we so we found that first property through a wholesaler, right? Mm-hmm. So we found that. What happened, if you wouldn't mind sharing, where is that property at now? On hold. So after all that, have to get money there in nine minutes. On hold, what are we, three months later? I was, so I was supposed to close May 15th. So I think the whole thing was like from the time I contacted him asking for photos till the time I was supposed to close was like two weeks. Right. Um, That was fast. And then I heard from him. So I, I believe if I remember correctly, the 15th of May was a Monday. I heard from him on Friday that it was up in the air because the the title attorney found that there was a lien against the property. So it was, I guess the house had been owned by a woman who passed and left it in her son's names. One of them, the IRS has a lien against the property for him. So he had to speak with an attorney to figure out how to remove the lien. He has to file bankruptcy. Last I heard, he has not done that yet. Right. The wholesaler did tell me he spoke directly with the bankruptcy attorney and was told that it could be done within six weeks. But for whatever reason, the seller hadn't yet actually taken steps to do so. Right. It'll take six weeks once he starts. Right. Exactly. So what I love is that a lot of people would have just been like, all right, great. I guess I'll just have to wait. Right, like I'm in touch with the wholesaler. Wholesaler, let me know. Cool, I'll just wait. And then that would have been May and June and July and August and and we're about to, as we're recording this episode, we're about to go into September here. And we could have went the whole rest of the year, right? Because there's still no movement on it. But not Angela, not Angela. So Angela, what did you go out and do instead? I looked for another property. <laughs> yes, said great. Keep my EMD. Let's keep that on hold. Great. Right. But Angela goes out and looks for another property. And then what do we find, Angela? I found a duplex. We find a duplex. Now tell us about the duplex. It's about 40 minutes from me. And I mean, I'm in love with it. It's like 100 years old. Yes. And, you know, I, and I know this was one of the issues that I had discussed with you, too, was like my realtor is from this town. This is where he owns property. But my friend who recommended him had moved from there because she's like, the area's going downhill. And, you know, that, that was one of the things I just, I had talked with you about was, I don't know, I don't know this area. I don't know right. if it's actually safe. And, you know, but she's looking to send her kids there. I'm not looking, I'm not raising kids there. Right. Obviously, there are people who are, so... As an investor, it's a different frame of mind than looking to live there. So I trust my realtor and the street seems quiet. Talk to the neighbor who used to be the mayor. He said it's a a quiet street. It's right behind the police station. And I'm like, I I like it. It's been empty for a few years and it didn't look like it needed a whole lot of work. And it was being sold as is. And I, so I put in an offer. And a, a couple of days later, that I heard that it was accepted. Right. So now we got a duplex. So now we got the wholesaling property on hold, right? Because we just don't know what's going to happen with that. Right. Now we have this other property that came up. We have an accepted offer on that. Now for that, that was then going to be the rehab property, right? You weren't moving into it. It was going to be solely investment, but rehab property, right? 
Yes. Which then brought up for you something else that was going to be a new experience here, which was then using hard money, right? So same thing for those of our listeners. If you are not familiar with hard money lending, we have a whole special webinar all about hard money lending over on our YouTube. So go check that out. But hard money lending is a fantastic option when you are looking to do a rehab. It's a great way to be able to get the funds to be able to not only have the mortgage on the property, but also to get the cost for the rehab as well. So that way you don't have to worry about the construction costs. The caveat with that, and I always like to remind people this, with hard money lending, you still do need a down payment, okay? They do not finance 100% of the property. So keep that in mind, but go check out our hard money lending webinar to learn more about that. So Angela, now you have hard money lending, right? You watched that webinar. What was your experience now working with a hard money lender for the first time? It was it was interesting. There were some things where I felt like I had some questions and the, I mean they they answered the questions. I was worried about coming across like oh this lady doesn't know what she's doing. Do we really want to lend to her? But right. they weren't like that at all. They were very, you know, they were very nice answering my questions. I had to complete a scope of work for the project that was totally unexpected and that was and I found out oddly like I really enjoyed it I really liked just figuring out the numbers and and putting it down in this rehab budget that I had to submit for the lender right and that was really fun to kind of go through and like look through like what things had to be done on the house and we also talked about kind of how to prioritize what things should be done, how we can maybe save some money somewhere, what items we do not want to save money and what we really want to, to make sure to put most of the capital into to make sure and really get very clear on what things needed to be done, wanted to be done, should be done to give you the best value of that house. So we liked working with the hard money lender. That went well. So now we have our hard money lender in place. Then we were able to close on that now multifamily. How has it been going now the property's closed with the rehab because that's you're doing that mostly yourself. Mostly, yes. Mostly with the guy that I'm dating. He's doing a lot. He's an electrician by trade, which is very helpful. And he has also worked in construction for several years. So I said there's a lot of projects I have done around my home, but it doesn't compare to the knowledge that he has and has been able to, you know, to help me with so there it's an upstairs and a downstairs two bedrooms each but there's an enclosed porch on the second floor that gets heat so we're making that into a third bedroom so that I can you know get more rent and that's where we're at right now I was just there yesterday finishing the drywall for that room and then we're going to move into the kitchen but yeah most of the work we're doing together. I haven't had to subcontract out too much. There is There was a roof repair. Mm-hmm. I had to pay for that and paying someone else to come repair plaster from water damage that had been done um, from the leaking roof. But yeah, most of it we're doing ourselves. He's helping me. He's, he's helped a lot. So I have to say we, we're doing it okay. ourselves. <laughs> right. That's okay. When do you expect to finish the work? I'm ambitious and I would love to say October 1st, I want somebody in there, but trying to be more realistic, I'm going to say November 1st. November 1st. Okay. That's okay. what I'm sure for. That's, and honest, that's, that'd be faster here than you know it. So yeah. no, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And what I've also loved 
you mentioned that you talked to the neighbor, right, who was then the mayor. But as you alluded to earlier in the story, you had also talked to your other neighbor about the property next door to you, right? Yeah. Do you want to share just briefly what kind of happened there? So he had moved out. He had bought that property one year before I bought my house. I, mm -hmm. I bought my house 10 years ago now. He moved out about three and a half years ago. It sat empty for a year and a half. And then this couple moved in two years ago. And they said they were buying it from him. They gave him cash and they were fixing up the place. They took really good care of it. They were great neighbors. I loved them. And, but it turned out that the rent they were paying him, he was not putting on the mortgage and it went into foreclosure. Now they had actually paid for an inspection themselves last summer and they shared the inspection report with me because I was like, they're stressed, you know, <laughs> they have to move. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to lose good neighbors. And I had actually thought about buying it before when it was sitting there empty. So now I felt like I had more of a reason to buy it. I, I sent him a text, sent his wife a text because that was the best way to get through to him. <laughs> and uh, she hated the place and wanted rid of it. Yep. And about a month later, I think, I finally heard from him. And he, he offered to sell it to me. And he must think because I'm a woman that, that he could use my emotions to manipulate me. He told me in his text, he owes 67000 but he would give it to me for 77000 because that's how much his friend who rents to HUD said he would give it to him for. And I'm like, he also made sure to, to put in his text, he heard I wanted good neighbors. So from that, I took, so you're trying to assume that mm -hmm. you're trying to use fear by making me afraid that he's going to rent out to tenants who must be bad if it's through HUD. And right. I'm also supposed to believe that you're going to give me first dibs over your buddy. And <laughs> right. I told right. him, I said, I, I've seen the report. I know what's wrong with the house. Right. And the work I can give you is, it's really only worth half of what you owe. So I guess say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pass. <laughs> I was like, I remember looking at that with you. And I, w I feel like we were like nowhere near that number. That we were kind of like, listen, if some, if his buddy is off, if this buddy, right? And for those on the right. podcast, I'm doing air quotes right now. But for the buddy to have offered that amount that we were like, listen, that guy should just take that. He should take that money and run because that was nowhere near what anybody else or what that would make sense for, for anybody to, to purchase that house for. And the numbers just didn't work, Angela. Right. And, and I knew that. I knew that. And you still told me, and I remember you telling me, just run, just run the numbers so that right. you're sure. And I'm like, okay, I will. But seeing, seeing the actual numbers, like on paper, when I ran it through, even though I knew it wasn't, there was still like, man, but I wish there was some way it could work. But then doing the numbers, I'm like, it just made me feel that much better about passing on the property. That was exactly the reason I, I made you do that exercise. Because all of us that have bought properties before, we kind of have that like that one property that just sticks out in the back of our mind that like, oh, man, I wish I wish I could have bought that or I wish that had worked out. 
for me, I wish we, I was able to buy my childhood home. The numbers were horrible. There was a property next door to one of my properties that I wish I could have bought, but the numbers were horrible and the property was in such bad condition. It was just not good. And when I was able to go through and do those numbers and look at it from an investor mindset of, and take the emotion out of it, is this a good deal or is this not a good deal for me at this moment in time? It was so much easier to not be like, man, I should have bought it when I wish I bought that. Once I was able to look at those numbers and say, hey, Becky, this could have really taken you under, right? And then where we're able to move on and get that out of our space and allow the right properties to come into our space. So Angela, now here we are. It is, like I said, it's the, it's almost September. You bought your first property in January. You now got a multifamily here now throughout the summer that we're going to get rented out by fall. And you still have another property under contract. And you are still, you emailed me like two days ago about like another property. I love it. So are we planning on picking up another property before the end of 2023? Oh, that would be great. I would love to. I would love it if it works out that way. Then let's do it. I would love that for you. But I I love what you're building. You have to promise me that you're going to post before and after pictures in Lady Landlords so we can all celebrate you because I'm sure after this episode gets released, we're going to want to see our final results here and really see the great work that you and boyfriend that we now like are working on. So please make sure to share us with those so we can all cheer you on, okay? I will. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you sharing your story with us. You're going to have to come back on next year and talk about the three, four, five properties that now you have and all now of getting really into the weeds as we start growing as a landlord and having a lot more tenants to manage. So we will work on that within the mentorship together, but you're going to have to come back and kind of share those experiences and the other side besides just now buying the properties and doing the rehab. But Angela, thank you. I really appreciate the time that you took out of your day to show up and just to share your story with the other women. And thank you for always showing up in our one-on-one sessions and putting in the work. That's why you're succeeding. That's why you're finding these properties. You're going out and you are really doing it. And that's something I incredibly admire about you. So thank you. Thank you. To our listeners out there, if you do not subscribe to the Lady Landlords podcast, please make sure to do click that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review so you do not miss another episode of the Lady Landlords podcast. We release new episodes every single Tuesday. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Lady Landlords podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your real estate investing journey, visit lady-landlord.com to book a 15-minute orientation call with me and see if you're ready to join our mentorship program. Or you can subscribe to our newsletter and join our Facebook group for exclusive real estate investing tips and offers. Invest with confidence. Become a lady landlord today.